The Rams lose an ugly game to a terrible team. Is their season over? That's coming up next here on Locked on Rams. You are Locked on Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Ramley? And welcome to another episode of Locked On Rams, your daily podcast covering your three and six Los Angeles Rams, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're also available over on YouTube. So if you haven't yet, do us a huge favor. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. Hit that like button. Join the party. Getting close to 10,000 subscribers. You have a lot to talk about about your Rams next couple of months. Things could get very interesting. But my name is Doug McCain. My friends call me DMAC. You can follow me on X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. I'm covering LA sports for over decades sports illustrated 24 7 sports dodgers nation now the rams four locked on and as always i'm joined by the rams pre half and post game show host for the rams flagship radio station espn 710 la he's in his eighth season covering your los angeles rams you can follow him on x at travis rogers also just a reminder that this episode of Locked on Rams is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Now, lots to unpack on this one because, Travis, I'll just go right out with it. That was the ugliest Rams game I've seen Pretty much ever. I mean, it was disgusting on offense. The defense, they did their part for the most part. I think a lot of people give them credit for those takeaways. Those felt like yep. more like giveaways by that Packers offense. That's but still, true. that was not a good showing by the Rams. And now you fall to three and six. Your playoff hopes are bleak down to 10%. And I think it's more about 2024 than 2023 at this point. It's the worst game I've seen a Sean McVay team play. I, 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 there's there's really no other way to put it. It, it was a complete disaster. It was not of NFL caliber. It was bad in every single aspect that you could ask. Maybe other than the defense took it over a couple of times, like you mentioned, DMAC, but I'm with you. That felt a lot more like Green Bay being a bad football team as well. And I think that's where the, the frustration of what you saw yesterday, for me at least, lies mostly, is that, you know, beating Pittsburgh a couple of weeks ago felt like, okay, you had a chance to do that and you let it slip through your fingers. And Pittsburgh was not a very good team is not a very good team. Despite the fact that they, they keep winning some games. This was, you were playing a team that's bad. The green Bay Packers are bad. Jordan love is bad. They do not have playmakers at all. And they beat you pretty convincingly. It never felt like you had a chance to win. And I understand there are extenuating circumstances with Brett Rippon, uh, Matthew Stafford being down, but that was just a disaster. It, it was it was the end of their season for all intents and purposes as far as a playoff berth goes. Uh, you're in full evaluation mode right now. You have a massive talent gap that we can talk about coming up in just a little bit. But uh, I, I'm as down on this group as at any point I've been in this season. Yeah, and you really have to start with the quarterback position. And I just want to say this game wasn't lost yesterday by Brett Rippon. This game was no. lost by this Rams organization that hasn't placed very much value in that backup quarterback position for years. From Bryce Perkins to John Wolford to before that, Blake Bortles, those types. I think you look at 
Guys like Carson Wentz and Colt McCoy, yes, it's a nice thought. And look, I will tell you that if those guys were under center yesterday, the Rams win this game. And Probably. based on how the NFC looks, they could still have made the playoffs. So, look, I mean, look at Brett Rippon. I mean, 13 of 28, 130 yards. 27 of those 130 yards came in garbage time during the final drive of the game. Of those 13 completions, only three were at least 10 yards beyond the line of scrimmage. Two mishandled snaps, had the interception. He just did not look like an NFL-caliber quarterback. No. He did not look like someone that belonged in the game at an NFL level. They had one play. I mean, re really, they, they had one play that looked like, okay, that's the Rams' offense, and that's when Rippon hit Cup for that 34-yarder. That was it. Other than that, there really wasn't anything there. That Even when they took it away twice in the third quarter, it never felt like they were going to score a touchdown. The best case scenario was, you know, maybe gain a, a first down or so and try to long field goal again. That was it. You're right. And this is not a pile on Brett Rippon thing because this isn't anything other than him playing to his level of, of ability. He, he is a practice squad quarterback. He might be under a perfect scenario, a, a backup on a team that really isn't trying to hang in there, but this is a team that is going as far as Matthew Stafford will take him. We know that he's down. Hopefully he comes back before too long. But I agree with you, DMAC. This is a failure of uh, a, a vision, right, to think that Stetson Bennett was going to be able to step in there when it's not like they just picked him and it didn't work out. He never even – it never even had a chance to work out. He was gone before the season really even started. Um, and like you said, it, with a fourth round pick, a fourth round pick is a guy that you need to make your team. A guy, a fourth round pick is a guy that, you know, in a pinch can step in and play for you. And they had to use Brett Rippon, but you're right. Th this goes back to Sean Mannion. This goes back to Blake Bortles and Wolford and Perkins. And now Brett Rippon, this is not a position that they value. And, and I guess if there's a silver lining, to any of this. This was the plan all along, and this is not an I told you so or a victory lap for me, but I never thought it would be as ugly as it was yesterday, but I think this was the plan. That If everything breaks exactly right, maybe we got a chance to hang around a playoff spot, but if anything goes even slightly wrong, you're going to go to the bottom, and stuff has gone more than slightly wrong, and it was an ugly, ugly day yesterday, and you have to start thinking about draft picks. You have to start thinking about draft position and being very careful about what happens in the second half of the season. Absolutely. I like that you bring that up because I see people out there, Brett Rippon's trash. Brett Rippon should walk home from Green Bay. He should be in the XFL. He should have never been in that position be in to begin with, right? He should be in the XFL. That's the level of player he is, but it's not his fault. Right. I mean, he's, you can't ask the guy to go out there and be Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes. He's Brett Rippon. He's an undrafted player. He's doing the best he can. He just doesn't have the horsepower to keep up. That's not his fault. It's it's the fault of the people that put him in the position to be your number two quarterback. He, I mean, he, he, he didn't just go out and not. He just doesn't have it. That's that's not his fault. That's just who he is. It's it's who put him out there whose fault it is. Exactly. Yeah. I like how you changed his cleats. Like that was going to make a difference and really change the games. We go out there and turn it to John Elway or something like that. But right. yeah, look, I mean, you have to drop by two, two had to drop by Tyler Higby. It was just a rough day for Brett Rippon out there. And I really just kind of felt bad for the guy, but still look, the other thing you kind of look at too, is the fact that, yeah, you mentioned the plan and victory lap and kind of what you had said this whole season. Yeah. That's the reality. Look, this roster, 75 million in dead cap, the way they were assembled, everything had to go absolutely perfect. 
perfection. Nothing could go wrong. No one could get injured as far as the big three. Well, it's happened to Stafford, happened to Cup, right? Couldn't have bad penalties and bad situations and bad breaks, and the ball bounces the wrong way against the Bengals, a 2-2 Atwell touchdown taken back to Steelers. There's a couple examples there. But look, the reality is you are playing with undrafted rookies. You're playing with a, a plethora of aging talent that yes. is combined with rookies, that's combined with average NFL players. I mean, there was really no universe where this team was going to go past a playoff winner or anything like that. But still, even in the best case scenario, things have gone wrong. And look, unfortunately, they are where they are. But also, here's the thing. If you look at where they were at, right? I mean, there's too many missed draft picks along the way too, right? I mean, you look at the offensive line. The left side was atrocious yesterday. The run game had to step up. They didn't do just that. And it's not just about being perfect this year. It was being perfect as far as draft picks and player acquisition in the year leading up to this. Yeah, look, I, I think that it's important that we put this in context of what has happened over the first nine weeks of the season. That if the first six quarters of the season are different, this is not a surprise. I don't think that the level of frustration that Rams fans are experiencing right now would be as high. But because the best four quarters of their season came in the first game, right? Those first four quarters against Seattle, it's like, oh, okay, wait a second. Is this team good? Pukunakua explodes onto the scene. Fast forward in game two against San Francisco, and the first half, it's like, wait a second. The Niners are one of the best teams in the league, and the Rams went toe-to-toe. Really, since then, they've played two good quarters. They played two good quarters against Philadelphia. Everything else has been somewhere between mediocre to not very good. So the first six quarters of the season, season, I think, kind of recalibrated our expectations in the wrong way, where if they had played you know, a, a couple of good quarters here and then looked like they've looked for the rest of the season, being three and six at the bye, like we talked about at the beginning of the season, was a very realistic possibility, and that's exactly where they are. It's just that the path that they took to get here is a little surprising. Yeah, I think we absolutely moved the goalposts for this season. We know that week one lies. And look, the reality is that they still had a lot of talented players in major positions. Mm-hmm. Aaron Donald, I think Aaron Donald gets a lot of credit for yesterday. He was a man yes. that was double teamed all day, still getting sacks. So we'll talk about the defense, some, some of the bright spots in this game. But yeah, this team is as expected where they are. Unfortunately, though, I will say that there is a universe where things could have broken right and they could have made the playoffs. But look, in the grand scheme of things, you look where they are in the draft order. They're right there at number six. We're going to talk about this a lot, I'm assuming, for the next couple of weeks, especially with the bye coming up. As far as the Super Bowl and where it's at, I think they're closer to the Super Bowl, another Super Bowl championship where they're at right now versus if they were hovering around 500, whereas if oh, they're yeah. in that seven seed right now. And if you're looking big picture, I think that's what this organization is focused on, and I think that's what's important because, look, Byron Young, turning into a beast. Kobe yep. Turner had a really good game yesterday. Yep. Laura Murchison had a really good game yesterday. There's development throughout this season. They've hit on more rookies than they had anticipated. So look, if you look at big picture, I actually think they are in a pretty decent spot. And I don't want this result, but I think that at the end of the day, long-term, you just you say goodbye to the frustration of a loss yesterday. And I think this could be good for this team. But coming up next, Travis, we're going to continue to unpack this. We're going to continue to talk about the Rams season, where they go from here, what's next. That's coming up next. Got locked on Rams. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out 
LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Think about any sports team. Think about your business, right? You get that right player, that right person in the right job, and everything that can everything can change for you. But you got to make sure that you're drafting the right guy. You got to make sure that you're hiring the right guy that fits into your team. That's what LinkedIn Jobs can do. You add your job and purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. And simple tools like screening questions makes it easy to focus on candidates with just the right set of skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you would like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs makes it easy. It makes you help define the qualified candidates you want to talk to and find them faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And we're off running here on Locked On Rams. Thank you for being a Locked On Rams. Your first listen every single weekday, free and available wherever you get your podcast. Locked On Rams, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we also want to send a shout out to those everyday listeners out there. We appreciate you. Win or lose, always rock with us here, watching every episode, listening to every episode. And you can join that Everyday Listeners Club too. Membership is 100% free, and you won't miss a thing about your Los Angeles Rams. Now, we're going to continue to unpack yesterday's loss and really kind of going back to our keys to the game, revisiting those. One of the biggest keys was, can you establish a ground game? Can you get anything on the ground against this Packers team? You're going to need it anyway, even if Stafford was under center. It was Brett Rippon, but still, Royce Freeman, 32 yards on 12 attempts. Hendo, 19 yards on 10 carries, 2.3 yards per carry. That's not going to get it done. To stay competitive against any team in this league, when you have a quarterback like that, you're going to have to run the ball. They didn't do a great job at it. And also, I want to point out, I did not like that call early on in the game. A jet sweep was Skoranek there. Oh, my gosh. Inches. I thought that was awful as well and set him back. It really kind of set the tone for the afternoon. Well, I think it kind of told you that McVay knew what was coming, that he knew that that yeah. just hammering it in you know, between the tackles wasn't really going to work. Look. Royce Freeman, not good. Daryl Henderson, probably less than that. And and and, but I, I'm going to give those guys maybe not a pass, but I certainly think there's a pretty obvious explanation as to why they struggled. When there is virtually no threat that the quarterback is going to be able to move the ball through the air, I mean, lit, zero threat that he's going to be able to do anything. Of course, you're going to stack the box. Of course, you're going to be able to stop the run game because I don't have to worry about you throwing it over my head. I just need to make sure that the two guys that are going to get it put in their gut just get them down on the ground after a yard or two. There was no passing game to speak of. And again, I don't even saying that that's necessarily Brett Rippon's fault exclusively. I mean, he's certainly responsible for it because he didn't play very well. But Atwell, bad. Higby, bad. Cup, bad. Puka, mid. Right? It just it. There was nothing there. Now, I know that one thing leads to the next thing leads to the next thing. O-line bad, quarterback bad, running back bad, wide receivers bad. I I, I get it. But the, the running game yesterday, I, I think that they tried to establish it. It's just when you're fighting a fight with one high, with one hand tied behind your back like they were, you've got – and again, I, I need to say this again, D-Mac. The Packers are bad. You did not get run – like the Cowboys last week, all right, Cowboys are pretty good. What are you going to do? The Eagles – Pretty good. What are you going to Packers stink, right? The, the Packers are a bad football team. They got a quarterback problem of their own and they smoked the Rams, smoked them. And it's just, it, it was, it was incredibly disappointing to watch. 
Yeah, that's a fantastic point. Going back to your point earlier, yeah, you have to pass a little bit, a, a little tiny bit, bit or teams are going to put eight or nine guys in the box. If you go back and look at some of those runs, Hendo and Freeman, they were hit really on contact. They had no room to run at all whatsoever. Left side of that line, like I said, they played poorly once again. Yeah, Rippin, 45.2 pass rating, two fumbles, one loss, interception. That kind of set the tone and really set them back. That offense was absolutely putrid. Just kind of don't even want to think about them right now. Do you want to shine a little bit of light on that defense, though? Yeah. Give them a little credit for keeping this team in this game. And kind of going back to what you're saying is this Packers team was so bad. Jordan Love was so bad that they kept this Rams team in it. They were begging the Rams to somehow make this thing interesting. Do give credit. Like I said, Aaron Donald, he fought he for this good. team. He was great. Yeah. I think you look at that fumble. Kello recovered that fumble early in the third. Then Jordan Fuller forced another fumble in that third quarter. So you're getting some turnovers. You're getting favorable calls. Byron Young, Murchison, they flash. Kobe Turner flash, but still not enough when you have an offense like that. Yeah, it, it's just, it's really, th- you know, the month of November has really turned into a nightmare for the Rams. I got a number for you, DMAC, that you're going to you're gonna say, no, nah, Trav's wrong. You're going to think you're going to go back and check it. But I looked at it three times. The Rams haven't won a game in November since November 23rd, 2020. It's the last time they won a game in November. The co- when, when the stadiums were empty, high COVID, nothing's going on in the world other than, you know, we're all sitting in our houses. November 23rd, 2020 as the last time that they won a game in November because their Super Bowl season in 2021, they had that three-game losing streak wars. Tennessee, San Francisco, Green Bay were like, uh-oh, what the heck happened? And they settled everything down. Last year, we know that they lost six games in a row in the middle of the season, and right now they're skidding again. They've lost three games in a row, no game next week, obviously, with the bye coming up. And then you've got Seattle coming out of the back half of that, which is going to be an incredibly difficult game. You're talking about three years without winning a game in the month of November. That's insane. That's cr- I'm trying to rack my brain. Um, yeah, that's pretty wild. That's pretty. That's that's a long time without success. We're in 2023, getting to 2024. But yeah, I mean that game on the road, the Buccaneers. But still, I mean, right. it's been a long time. It's been a long time since this team's had. I mean, they're really talking about a team that's won around 30 percent of their games since winning the Super Bowl, right? And I see people out there saying, okay, they sold their souls to win the Super Bowl. This and that. Maybe. Maybe, but but guess what? I, I I go to SoFi Stadium for every single home game, and I see the banner, and and it it's not a banner from the you know the 1990s like the Cowboys. They won the Super Bowl two years ago. The bill is due. It's a big bill. It's expensive. You're not going out to dinner. You're telling your kids they got to go to public school. You're doing all of these things that you got to pay the bill, right? And it, the bill is due. They did go all in. It did hit. And this is the price that we, we knew it was coming and here it is. And now you got to deal with it. Yeah. Look, if I gave you an option, you have two doors right there. Door number one, you win a Super Bowl in 2021. And that through that becomes two bad seasons where you're yeah. not competitive. You don't make the playoffs. Door number two is you make the playoffs. You have some sustainable winning. You might have a chance some years, but then you don't hoist that trophy. But then you have really entertaining Sundays throughout your fall winter. But then yep. you don't remember those regular season games five, six, seven years down the line. I'm taking door number one every single time. And it does feel like there's some Rams fans out there. There's some people that look at this build and think that it wasn't done the right way. Look, 
there are teams out there that would do that in a heartbeat. There's no doubt about it. So I have literally zero issue with it as well. I think, too, that people out there saying, oh, why didn't they get Carson Wentz? Why didn't they get Colt McCoy? Why did they do this and that? I think the Rams are sitting in a dark room laughing because they know that this is a part of their plan. I think the tanking conversation is just like a hack conversation at this point. No one's going to lose games on purpose. Right. The FBI, your ass is going to get arrested if you do that. <laughs> or you're facing charges. But I will say they're not doing every single thing in their power to win games. If this was a team that was a win-now team, Matthew Stafford probably would have played. They would have probably got a better backup quarterback. So, like you always said, the famous line from Travis Rogers, don't listen to what they say, watch what they do. What they're doing is not going above and beyond to win football games right now. And I think that the reality of that is that puts them in a better position to get another Lombardi trophy. You can expedite that process and fast-track that process. And that's what I'm about here in L.A. is getting those Super Bowls. This was the plan. This was what they were. This is what they were willing to accept as a possible result. I'm not saying that they put it together. So, hey, let's only go win two or three or four games. That's not what it was. But the plan was, here's our team. We're not going to sign any free agents. We're going to send out talent like Bobby Wagner, who they released, and Jalen Ramsey, who they traded. We're going to draft a bunch of guys. They're all going to make the team. And if it works out, great. But if it doesn't, also fine. It's just that it's a little bit uglier, I think, than anybody really wanted to go through right now. But this the reason there is no Colt McCoy, this was the plan. That if something happened to Stafford, we got to immediately start to go into plan B. And plan B is get ready for 2024 and beyond. Now, next year... And I, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but ne- next year they start. They need to start playing better. They need. They need to be a better football team. They need. They cannot put one of these on tape a year from now because that's a very different question. Yeah, it's not fun. It is not a fun process. I will say though, it becomes more rewarding on the back end when you see yeah. the journey of your teams and the franchise, the direction where they're going. I find this exciting, almost as fascinating because you get the development of these rookies, and I think that the possibility of a top draft pick could really change this franchise. And we're going to talk about that coming up next. What's next for this LA Rams team after their loss of the Packers out of their playoff odds have really been shattered. That's coming up next here on locked on Rams. All right. Score early during the NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any willing $5 money line bet. Any winning, I should say. You need to be willing, but you need to win your $5 money line bet to get your $150 in bonus bets. That's $150 bonus bucks if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options that include just straight spread. You can, of course, find some player props. You can find over-unders and, of course, much, much more. All of your Rams lines are there. Now, good. You get a little break from that. So maybe you dip your toe into some other NFC. Don't bet the NFC West. That's what I'll tell you. They scored six points yesterday. The NFC West, six points. So Maybe you take the under in an NFC West game along the way. It's all there for you. It's all there at FanDuel.com slash locked on to get ready for your more NFL season. The second half of the NFL season, FanDuel.com slash locked on FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. And welcome back to Locked On Rams. Thank you for being Locked On Rams, your first listen every single weekday, free and available wherever you hear podcasts. Locked On Rams, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now, Travis, I don't know if you saw this on Twitter. 
But did you see Samuel L. Jackson tweeting about the Rams? I mean, that was not on my Rams 2023 season social media bingo card. Basically tweeted something about when are we going to start having the conversation about Rams coaching? I just want to say something about that. If the Rams ever fired Sean McVay, before they could finish their sentence, he would get hired before he left the building. You would see on the bottom scroller, X team has signed Sean McVay to be their head coach. They'd be lined up around the block. I think that was an, a ridiculous thing. I've seen some emotional reactions to Sean McVay's coaching. Look, if Sean McVay had a full cupboard right now, if he had healthy players right now, this team would be in a much better position. Not saying he's the perfect coach, but the idea of moving on from Sean McVay is ridiculous. It, it, Rams fans are spoiled with McVay. I, I just, I look, yesterday brought back some Jeff Fisher vibes. I'm not going to lie. It, it just was three points, and it never felt like you're going to move the ball. It didn't feel like you could get anything going. So I think that the Rams fans, understandably, were in their feelings yesterday. But Sean McVay has spoiled them to a degree that they don't know what the rest of the NFL deals with for the most part. That Sean McVay, here he is in his seventh season, Five of them were between really good and great. He's been to the Super Bowl twice in six-plus seasons. He's won the Super Bowl once. They've made the playoffs four times, okay? This is a very, very good NFL coach. You're asking him to sit down at the poker table and play a hand that's unwinnable. There is no poker player that's good enough to win with a bad hand every single week. Once in a while, you can trick them and get it in there. But this is a team that doesn't have enough good players. It just doesn't. Now, whether or not he's responsible in part for that, that's a different conversation. Whether or not they need to uh, raise the floor of talent, they certainly do. But I agree with you, DMAC, that if Sean McVay were available on the open market, there would be a stampede to hire him. This is not a coaching problem exclusive. Now, has it gotten a little stale the last few weeks? Sure. They don't have enough good players. So when this when the when when the talent level comes up a little bit, when the when when the floor of the talent is raised, then I think we can have a, a more informed decision on on the coaching situation. But right now, I don't think the coaching is the problem at all. Is it is it stale? Is it a bummer to watch? Yeah, maybe, but there just aren't enough good players on the roster. That's just the reality of the situation. And look, you're going to have lean years if you're going to have a coach with longevity in the NFL. That's the reality. It's built for parity. You're not going to have success every season. And I think the minute they make any offseason splash this year, the minute they do something, you're going to see people change the tide right away. And it'll be the excitement. And you're going to see a re-energized Sean McVay. And I think the way he's handled press conferences this year, I think that he knows what he was getting himself into. He wouldn't have returned if he thought, okay, this is a Super Bowl team. I mean, he could have gone and said, okay, I'm only coming back if you bring back Leonard Floyd and Sean Robinson, this, that, and you won't trade Ramsey. If he wanted those things, they would have given him those things, right? They would have met his demands because they know that you can go through tons of coaches, tons of quarterbacks. When you find one, you can't let them slip away. They have a Super Bowl winning coach who really is a wonderkin, a boy genius, if you want to call it, not even 40, right? So he's still the youngest coach in the league. He's still, yeah. I mean, he's, he's in his seventh year as the Rams head coach, and he's still the youngest coach in the league. He's won the Super Bowl. He's been twice. This is this is a talent problem, and the talent deficit is not wearing a headset. It's not the head coach. Yeah, point your free at Sean McVay, and this, I think, is just kind of absurd, to be honest with you. I think that one just really scratched my head. I don't even know if Sean McVay was talking with uh, Samuel Jackson. I mean, I felt like I was Pulp Fiction. I was like, say say something about my coach again. Say what again? <laughs> say what again, Jules? Right? I didn't want to see that, right? I mean, I, I, I was not feeling 
Samuel Jack, stay in your lane. I love you, Samuel L. You know, I think you're a legend. There's no doubt about that, but I don't know. Don't talk about my coach like that and try to spread that. I'll, I'll tell you what. I, I, I think this goes for Sam Jackson. I think it goes for a lot of Rams fans, and I, I got my hand in the air too. This is because they look good for one game, but it was the first game. If if you would put this, if you would just flip flop, right? Let's just take this game to yesterday and put it in week one, and then put Seattle yesterday, and there they they're now they're three and six but instead of being two and seven. You'd be like, ah, oh, it's the NFL. Every once in a while, you play good. We I've I've seen eight weeks of not good football. This, but because it came first, it's like, oh well, okay, that's who they are, and then they look really good against San Francisco. It's not a good team. This was the plan all along. Matthew Stafford went down. We knew when that happened, that was going to be the end of the line. The question is, where do you go from here, which I know we'll talk about coming up this week. I've had enough of Sean, the, these Sean McVay on this mother effing plane or something like that. I was like afraid that he was going to keep going. I don't know if that was Jeff Fisher that hacked his account. It was just, it just threw me off. I can't really explain. It, was, it really threw me off. It was it was a little surprising. I'm not gonna lie that I, I and, and, you know I'm not on Twitter a ton, but I was on it at the end of the game. So I'm like, oh okay, Sam Jackson off the top rope. Interesting. All right, I did. I knew he's a Rams fan, but I didn't know he was gonna be coming at McVeigh and Raheem Morris like that. Samuel L. Jackson. Hey, we'll take it though. But look, I just want to say that we got lots to dive into on this one. Lots to unpack still because this, I think, is going to be fascinating the direction of this franchise and what they have to play for for the rest of this year. Look, there is some crazy scenario where McVeigh and Matthew Stafford, everyone gets on the same page after the bye. Maybe they no, go on a run. It's not without no, outside the realm of possibility. It's probably not going to happen. It no, most likely isn't. won't. And I will say, I did predict them to lose. So I'm feeling good about my pick. But I'm just saying, hey, <laughs> let's uh let's stick with your Los Angeles Rams. I know a lot of you guys are very upset and frustrated with the way this season has turned out. But that's good over this episode of Locked On Rams. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on X at Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. And as always, you can follow the People's Champ, Mr. Travis Rogers, on X at Travis Rogers. And until next time, whose house is Locked On Rams House.